This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. So thankful to be here with you. I'm going to invite you to stand as we read through Jesus' teaching in Luke 11 on prayer. Beginning in verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Go back, please. Just as John taught his disciples. Next slide. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. You go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine is on a journey. He's come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one on the inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, everyone who asks, receives, and the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Let's pray. Father, over the next few moments, I ask that in this space, you would do what you alone can do. That you would cause some of us to take next steps of faith. That we would perhaps be set free in areas where we've only known bondage. We would find liberty where we've only been captive. And that tonight, Father, we would encounter your presence. While we have had some fun, we are not here for fun. We are here for you. All our lives, you've been coming after us, pursuing us, chasing us wanting just simply to be with us. So, Father, tonight, may we just in this moment relent in our hearts and mind to seek you. Pull back from the worries and the fears and the doubts and the frustrations that in this moment our hearts and minds can be fully present to go after you. You are the prize. 
the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to go back through this text for a moment and just explain it for you. I think it's perhaps one of the most preeminent moments in the Bible, especially in the teaching of Jesus, where Jesus talks specifically and directly about prayer. Verse 1. Notice Jesus himself is praying. I want to submit to you that if Jesus needed to pray, we probably need to pray. That if Jesus needed to get alone to get with his Father, we need to get alone so that we can be with our God. And his disciples asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. Can I just say this? It is totally okay if you don't know what you're doing. Jesus didn't shame them. He didn't yell at them. He actually then goes into what's known as the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer. The prayer that we pray on ball fields and around flagpoles. In the next verse, look at this. So he said to them, when you pray, Say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. We've heard this a bunch. Let me just break it down for you for a moment. Hallowed be your name. We don't really click with that word hallowed. The other night, my family and I, we were watching Remember the Titans, okay? I love a good sports movie, okay? Wonderful movie. Never as bad. It's always good. And there's a moment in the middle of training camp when they run early in the morning to the battlefield where Gettysburg was fought. And the coach says, Herman Boone says, on this hallowed ground, a battle was fought that we're still fighting amongst ourselves. Hallowed ground, what does that mean? It means that there is something weighty and different about it. Hallowed be your name. Jesus says you start there because you recognize that God is different than you. That He is the one who can do all the other things that you're going to pray. So many of us hit difficult moments. And instead of, I said this the other day and walked through and they love this. Instead of going to the throne, we go to the phone. Instead of going to God, we call our best friend. We look it up on Google. We text message somebody. Jesus saying, no, listen, when, when we come into prayer, we know that there are things that we can't do but, oh God, you can do them. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, not my kingdom. It's not about me. It's not about my way. It's not about what I want. God, it's about your kingdom, your way. You win. If you win, we all win. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. You know, the thing about this moment in this prayer is this is not new. As a matter of fact, the, 
concept of our daily bread goes all the way back to the Exodus when the children of Israel were wandering around in the desert and God delivered them every day, supernaturally, their bread called manna. This idea of daily relying on God was embedded into the people that God was making. It implies that there's some stuff that we might want that we don't need. God, just give me enough to get through today. Eugene Peterson's translation says, God, would you give me three meals and let me live? And forgive us our sins. I'd go so far as to say you're never praying if you're not repenting. There's a lot of us that think of prayer as like a remote control to God. I can just tell God what he's supposed to do and then get mad at him when he doesn't do it. But that's really not what prayer is about. It's about getting in the presence of God. The prophet Isaiah supernaturally transported into the throne room of God. And his reaction was, this is old King James, sorry, it's how I learned it. Woe to me. For I'm a man of unclean lips. A man of unclean lips was somebody who had leprosy. In the presence of God, Isaiah, who was a spiritual powerhouse, all he could tell was, I'm a sinner and you are holy. That's all I got. But it's not just forgiving my sins, is it? This is the most uncomfortable part of this prayer. You've prayed it. You've prayed it. Forgive me my sins as I forgive those who have sinned against me. You realize when you've prayed that, you set a standard for what forgiveness should look like in your life. God, would you forgive me the way I forgive others who have wronged me? It's a bold prayer. Because it implies that we are people of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And lead us not to temptation. In Luke's version, it ends here. That lead me. Think about how humble that is. Truth is that most of us don't wake up in the morning asking God to lead us. We wake up asking God to bless what we're going to do. Remember, where's Eli at? There's Eli, big baby. Remember when Eli was trying to figure out where he's going to go to school, I told Eli, pray until you don't have an opinion. Just pray. I'm proud of you. Lead me. Lead me. Lead me. I don't, God, I'm not into temptation. I'm, I'm here to follow you. And then Jesus tells a story. It's a story I want to read through it again, beginning in verse 5. He says, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and you say, friend, let me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. I'm just going to be honest with you. You show up at my door at midnight asking for bread. I'm going to act like I'm not at home. 
I mean, all the lights are going to be off anyway. Okay? We might have to call the cops on somebody. And then Jesus says, listen, and suppose the guy on the other side says, don't bother me. That's what I would be saying. Don't bother me. The door's locked. My children and I are in bed. I don't know if that means, let's just be honest, I don't know if that means they're all in the same bed. Listen, I can't get out. These kids are all over me. I can't get up and get you anything. But I love what Jesus says after this. But I tell you, though, he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, okay? So there's the nature of relationship. He's saying, okay, so though you're praying in, in the context of the relationship that you have with the Father, yet because of your shameless audacity, you're there in the middle of the night beating on the door, not taking no for an answer, yet because of your shameless audacity, they will surely get up and give you as much as you need. needs to be times where our prayers become desperate for God. Where we begin to recognize that there is no other solution. There is no other source. And our hunger and our desires for I mean, I was several years ago just struck by this story. Jesus is saying, pray like this. Pray so boldly and persistently that even though you have a relationship with God, it'll be your boldness and persistence that catches His attention. Then he wraps it up with, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. I, I wanted to say this. We have created a little counter narrative because these words were used, especially in like a capitalistic society where consumerism is so rampant. These were used to say that you could ask for whatever, material gains, ask for a Lamborghini, all right, and you'll, God will have to give you that Lamborghini. No, that's not how it works. But we can ask for forgiveness. We can ask for guidance. We can ask for wisdom. There are things that only God can do in our lives. And the Bible says in the book of James, written by Jesus' half-brother, you do not have because you do not ask. And there are some things in our lives that we're missing because we haven't asked God for it. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. I'm reminded of a little verse my wife has quoted before. You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. You know, the Bible, this message of faith that we have, this, this following God and 
surrendering to Christ. This is not a half-hearted thing. This is a whole-hearted thing. God wants our whole hearts. He wants us to follow after Him. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. That persistence, standing at the door for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Now, we're going to reflect a little bit, okay? So if you we're here last year, you know we're going to get up and move around in just a little bit. But to start, we're going to do some just personal prayer right where we're at. I'm going to guide you through it. I really want you to allow your heart, your mind to really focus on God as we talk about this for a few minutes. So let's go back to the first thing Jesus prayed. How would be your name? Your kingdom come. Then what? Give us today my daily bread. Let me ask you, what do you really need? What do you really need in life? Can I give you a few things that I think we do really need? Okay. One is wisdom. We need wisdom. See, a lot of people look at gray hair and think that's wisdom. That's not true. Okay, sorry. As Maddie said, old folks, I'm one of you. Okay. That's experience, and experience is valuable. Okay, I'm not saying it's not. But wisdom only comes from God. We need wisdom. We need guidance. If God's going to lead us, he has to guide us. We need help. I'm going to tell you something. You'll get desperate in your prayer when you get to a place in life when you don't have the solution. When you don't know what to do. And you don't have enough money. There ain't enough money to buy your way out of it or to figure it out. We need help. You're going to come to a day when you won't have the strength. weekend I'm preaching a funeral for a family that tragically lost a member in our church of their family lost a family member died in a car accident over the weekend totally unexpected we're going to hit moments like that in our life when God I don't have strength for this when we're face to face with fear we need courage I know what I need to do, but I'm scared to do it. So here's what we're going to, we're going to pray this right now. We're just going to pause and I'm going to give you a few moments right where you're at. And here's what we're going to pray. God, help me to see what I really need. Because I've got a feeling there's some of us in the room. We've been telling God what we need, but we don't know what we really need. So let's take a moment right now. We're just going to all across the room. We're going to bow our heads. God. Would you show us what we really need now in your own words to him? Begin to just talk to him. God, help me. God, help me see what I really need. God, help me see where I need your wisdom. God, help me see where I need your strength. Help me see where I need your, your help in my life. 
God, we need you. We need you. We need you. Help us to understand what we really need to know that it comes from you. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.